adjust to the marketplace, adjust to where what's going on, find out how much cash people have, find out what people are looking for for the rehabs. I would have no problem going to California and doing a four or $500,000 home if that's the median house range. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? If you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization. If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you. And it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565. And he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. And well, this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's right. And today we're going to talk to a best ever guest who's going to walk us through how he decides if he will fix and flip a property, if he will wholesale, if he will co-wholesale, if he's going to wholetail, or if he's going to fix it up and owner finance. Because that is such a valuable skill set to be able to have multiple exit strategies so that we can identify what's the best. You know, they talk about in development, what's the highest and best use of a, a particular piece of land or property. And in this case, we're identifying the highest and best use for a particular deal. So with us today to talk us through that, Ron Carlson. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really well and welcome to the show. A little bit about Ron. He is the owner and general contractor at Renovation Gurus. He began wholesaling and then built up enough capital to start fixing and flipping houses. He's a speaker at real estate groups all across the country. He's based in Dallas, Texas. And Ron, I forgot to write this down, but maybe you can fill us in about how many deals have you done or what type of transaction volume are you at? Yeah, it all depends on what side you're talking on. I've done probably a little over 200 real estate deals. I own a brokerage firm, so more if I'm representing others. And then on the construction side, we rehab like 15 to 20 houses a month or about five to 800,000 in construction a month. Cool. All right. Well, there you go, best ever listeners. I think it's safe to say he is qualified to talk about this. So I'm going to let you take it away. Normally we do best ever advice and talk through your background, but today it's a special segment. We're going to give the best ever listeners a particular skill because it's Sunday, skill set Sunday, and you're going to teach us when we look at a deal, how do we know what exit strategy we should use? So go ahead and take it away. For us, there's a couple things that we know that we're going to stay away from. There's a couple of things that I know I automatically want to wholesale. And so right when I buy a property, I typically go into it with, hey, what am I going to do? And going through the options that we talked about, the wholesale, the owner finance, the fix and flip, the retail, the wholetail. And I'm not sure if everyone knows what all that is, but I'll go into it a little bit. 
for us, we've had a lot of bad experience just personally, not that we can't rehab them, but actually owning them and buying them right high-end houses and say historical houses. And high-end to me is anything over like that $200,000, $250,000 range for my area. I get into a little bit of a different buyer when I'm buying those houses. I get into a little bit of a different quality of work that needs to be done. My holding costs are a lot more, obviously, because it's a higher-end home. So for me, anything over like 200, 250,000, I automatically know that I'm going to wholesale that. Um, it's probably a good deal. The property's a good deal. It's just not a good deal for me. It doesn't meet my cookie cutter formula or my cookie cutter box. The other thing that I look at too is how much capital do I have on hand and how much capital is that particular project going to cost me? And sometimes I analyze by how long is the project going to be as well. There's sometimes where a house would make a good owner finance or it would make a good flip. And I know it would make a good owner finance or a good flip, but I am strapped on cash. I have overhead to pay. I have bills to pay, you know, mortgage, cars, all of our employees, that type of stuff. So sometimes I need money today and I wholesale a house that would be a better flip where I could actually make more money if I had another 60 or 90 days to go and close on it and fix it and wait for the market and put it on the MLS and, and all that. Sometimes when I'm going into it and when I'm analyzing it, if I need money, wholesale is always going to be the first option. But if I don't need money, which is most of the time. So for me, me personally, anything over like that 200, 250 range, I automatically am going to wholesale it. I just don't like high end deals. Anything under that for us, we found that the down payment range that people are putting down for the owner finance is about 10% in this market, sometimes more. 10% is where we're comfortable at. And we're finding that a lot of people have a hard time coming up with, say, $10,000, $15,000. That six, seven, dollars $8,000 range is awesome. But once you go over, say, like $12,000, it becomes a lot more difficult for people to actually have that much cash on hand to do an owner finance deal. So we like to owner finance things, say, $120,000 and under. We have done a couple over that where we found people with fourteen dollars to $15,000 down on a one fifty house. We find that that 10000 12000 range, that's a perfect spot where it's pushing people to spend really all the money that they have. And even more than that, they don't. a lot of people doing the owner financing program or that we are owner financing too don't have more than that. So we don't like to try to owner finance the higher end deal, say one fifty and above, because we had come into a down payment problem. Does that make sense? Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So ideally, if we can be under a $100,000 mark, which means people would put $10,000 down or $9,000 down, that's a lot easier for us. And then pretty much from 120 to 200, we like to flip in that range. So we typically will go in and we'll do a nicer than needed rehab. And we typically rehab them a little bit nicer than what our market comps are because I want to sell them fast. I found that I could put an extra two or $3,000 into a property and sell it faster or I can hold the property for an extra two or three months, which is the same expense to me at the end of the day. I net the same, but I can sell and move properties faster if I do a nicer rehab on them. Mm, okay. Interesting. Hadn't heard that before. And that's case by case basis. It depends upon the market. It depends upon the area. Now in Texas where I'm at in Dallas, the market is very, very, very hot. So we did this on accident on a house in Arlington. I bought it at a really good price. It was a house that needed probably $20,000, $25,000 worth of work, but it was very livable. It had good bones. It just had pink tile. It had shag brown carpet. The paint on the outside was peeling off, but it wasn't wood rot. So the property had good structure and good bones. And that particular house, our lowest comp was at $90,000 in that neighborhood. What we decided to do on that particular one, it's called Whole Tail, where 
sometimes you're going to wholesale it or flip it based upon instead of wholesale it. And by wholesale, I mean it's a lipstick on a pig and you're going to throw it back on the market. You're not going to do a full cosmetic rehab or you're not going to do a rehab at all. If you have the capital to flip and you have the capital to wholesale, then that's a good option. If you don't have capital, then a lot of people are sticking to the wholesale model because you don't need a whole lot of money to do that model. And will you go over that one more time in terms of how you determine if you wholesale it? Yeah, that kind of goes with the story that I was just telling. We did it on accident. If it's got good bones and it's livable and we believe it's going to pass for an FHA or conventional loan, so it doesn't have major structural issues, it doesn't have roofing problems, foundation problems, electrical, plumbing, or have that problem. If it will pass for a normal loan in the as-is condition, it can smell a little bit like smoke. It can smell a little bit like animals. It could have pink tile or blue tile in it or green tile, shag carpet or old vinyl. It just has to be clean as if your grandma lived there for 60 years but cleaned it every day. Does that make sense? Yeah. And do you have to pay all cash for it and then just hope that you sell it to an FHA buyer? It all depends upon the area. We typically buy in cash, but if you could use a hard money loan or if it qualified for normal financing, if it qualified for FHA financing or conventional financing for your end buyer, it should qualify for you. So it just matter if you could qualify for that particular loan. There's a lot of money out there right now. So Money shouldn't ever be an excuse for anybody not to buy a property. You might have to pay a little bit, but there's a lot of money available right now. What are the risks associated to going with the wholesale route and getting a hard money loan or even paying your own cash out of pocket? The biggest risk that we have to us is negative market exposure. So if I buy a property and my plan is to buy it and put it back on the market and it does not sell, for example, I overpriced it or it actually needed more work than what the buyer's pool or the buyer market wants, then I risk tainting the market. That's what we call it. So if I put a property on the market for 150000 and it does not sell, then I take it off of the market. And typically when I'm wholetailing it, I've already planned to rehab it. I just am choosing not to rehab it now. But if I don't wholetail it, then I'll go back and rehab it. Well, then what happens is when people are running comps, they see my house at one fifty. And let's say now it's fixed up and I'm selling it for 160. Well, they may say, oh, it didn't sell before, or they can go back and look at the old pictures and it kind of taints it once you put it on the market and pull it off. So that is a risk that we have. And when we wholesale, we typically buy it as if we were going to flip it. We're just trying not to do that much work or we're going to go in and do very, very little. Like a lot of times we'll just clean up the smell, air it out throw some air fresheners in there, fix one broken window and mow the lawn, that type of thing, take out all the trash. But you always want to buy right and then you have to know your market. We just did one in a decent area, higher end area. And the reason we wholetailed it is because my lowest comp was like 230 and I bought it for 175. And we just thought, hey, surely somebody will give me a little bit more than what I paid for it because it's in such a nice area and you can't buy a house at this price in this area. That's you, how we're going to go into a wholesale deal. Were you right on that one? And if so, what do you sell it for? I think that it comped out at like 265 if we fixed it up. And I'm, I'd am i have to go back and look, but I think we got 225 for it. Okay. And I bought it for 175 on a wholesale. Okay. That allowed us to buy that particular one. And there's a risk to me because I paid higher. I probably paid like 82 cents on the dollar for it, which is high to me. But because I knew that it was a solid, strong market with a good neighborhood, I took that risk and it was beneficial to me. Where there's been other times, there's probably been a handful of other times where I've taken that risk and I've broke even on the deal because people didn't want to 
<laughs> you know, the hotel model didn't work. There's one in a lower end area. The house is really shanked and I'd already gone past my option period and I was already committed to buy it. And we thought we could make 10 or 15,000 just by throwing it on the market. And I think we made $97 on it. Mm. So with the whole tail approach, the flip is the backup option if you don't whole tail it. And when you are attempting to whole tail it, how long do you wait until you pull the trigger on getting the flip started? We typically will put it on the market and do all of our marketing for 30 to 45 days. And we'll go longer than that if we have good feedback. Like if I'm still getting showings on it, if I'm still getting people saying, I like this house, I just don't like this. It all depends upon the feedback we're getting. If we're getting good feedback, like, hey, this isn't the house for them, but your price right, or hey, this is a good house and a good neighborhood, I'm going to find another buyer, then we'll just keep it on the market and typically we sell it. But if we put it on there and we get a bunch of offers a lot lower than where we need to be, like that particular one I just mentioned where we didn't make that much money on, I mean, we probably got 25 offers that were three or $4,000 more than what we paid for it. Well, that's a, a good sign is, oh, shoot, I... Uh, I'm probably pretty far off, but if I'm getting offers a little under what I'm asking and I can still make a profit on it, then I will continue to keep marketing it. Otherwise, 30 to 45 days, pull it off the market, rehab it. And then down here, the MLS restarts after 30 days. So if it took me three weeks to rehab it, I'll actually wait an extra week. So my days in the market start back fresh at zero on the MLS. Mm. And what about co-wholesaling? When do you determine that's the right approach instead of just regular wholesaling? There's a couple of really big wholesale outfits in the city that I live in. They have pretty good market ground. They can sell things faster than I can because they have a team. They have more buyers and they're really good at selling things higher than what I could sell it for. So right away, I kind of know the people that are on my list and what they're looking for and who's bought and who hasn't bought. So I'll typically send it up to my list if I get absolutely no feedback or I have two guys that are just hum and hawing and whatever, then I'll give it to somebody who has a better team than I and are a little bit more aggressive. We've actually found that we can make about the same. They get a little fee on it, but they can sell it higher than we can sell it. So if I can sell it for 50 and they can sell it for 60, I can actually do about the same because they can make their little spread on there. So anything I don't have a buyer for, or I don't think I have a buyer for, I co-wholesale. Anything that's I've worked on for a minute and I just haven't had any good feedback. I try to co-wholesale and sometimes I just talk to my other wholesaler friends and I say, hey, look, this is what I got it for. What do you think you can move it at? And they'll give me a number and I can make 15 or 20 grand on it. And I'm like, well, that seems a lot easier than me going out and hitting the streets and driving around and meeting people at the house. Let's just do that. Let's say that for some reason I bought four or five houses in one week and I have a lot of houses that I currently have in my inventory with a short time to move them, then we might say, hey, I need help moving this because our team can't physically do it because I have too many houses in the inventory. Is there a particular type of house or characteristics of a house that you've realized you have a hard time finding buyers for on your wholesale list? We find that the higher the rehab is, anything over like $55,000 rehab in our market, we have a harder time selling those houses. So if, if it was like 120 or $200,000 rehab, then those become a lot riskier. So the buyer pools go down and then high-end deals. Anything with a purchase price of probably like $550,000, and more, it seems that those buyers are really picky. They know a lot more of what they're doing. They know that they're marketing to a higher-end client. 
those happen and then houses with a functionality issue for example i went and looked at a house a couple days ago i was told it was a three-bedroom house but it was actually i had to go into one bedroom and then i could go into that one bedroom to get to the other two bedrooms so it had a functionality problem where people would just stay away from functionality problems where say uh, there's multiple levels you know there's downstairs and upstairs and up more stairs and downstairs or if you have four pit bulls right next to your house that are barking at you, people just won't buy those type of houses that have a functionality problem. Rather it be the neighbors, the neighborhood, or the actual house itself. So the high-end rehabs and then functionality problems typically are hard for us to wholesale. Other people may not be the case, but that's been my experience. It's harder to deal with the higher-end buyers. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I suspect a lot of the best ever listeners have as well because it just helps us determine, okay, if we get a deal, then here are some things to look for based off of what you do. Now, let me ask you, if you were in a different market, and I know it's going to be tough because you're not in a different market, but if you weren't in Dallas, if you were in Los Angeles, a more high-end market from a price point standpoint, or even maybe a market, the prices weren't as high as Dallas, so maybe say Detroit or something, would you have the same approach with your price point being, okay, if it's 120 and under, we can do owner finance. If it's 120 to 200, we do a flip. Or would you reevaluate based on the market and adjust accordingly? I would definitely adjust accordingly. Every market has its own niche. For example, we've talked about going into San Antonio where the average owner finance house that I'm talking is more in like the $75,000, $80,000 range. And so we would have to adjust on, it becomes a high end once you hit that 120 or 130, that's high end for that market. But where if you're talking somewhere like California, I know people doing very well in California and they're able to sell a five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars home and they're able to get 20% down, you know, they get $100,000 down on a property because the people that they're marketing to are in a position where they have that type of capital to do so. We've adjusted our business model based upon our location, but it can be readjusted to any place that real estate is for sale. Small towns is a perfect example. There's not a lot of people doing owner financing or flipping in very, very, very small towns, but you just have to adjust all your numbers. You either get it cheaper Let's be for real. If you bought any house for a dollar, it's probably a good deal in most cities and most situations. So if you buy it cheaper, that's one way to do it. But yeah, adjust to the marketplace. Adjust to where, what's going on. Find out how much cash people have. Find out what people are looking for for the rehabs. I would have no problem going to California and doing a four or $500,000 home if that's the median house range. I think it's just safe to be in what the average house is selling for when you're flipping houses and personally, once you get out of what's average, I think that you need to buy it cheaper because you have more risk. Ron, what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? My cell phone, 817-566-4346 or at renovationgurus.com. You can always go there and check us out as well. Fascinating stuff. I love this lesson today on Skillset Sunday where you talked about how to determine what to do with a property as far as an exit strategy. And in your case and in your market, you look at the price point, you look at what percentage of existing capital does the project take up and how long will it be. 
And for where you're at in Dallas, it's going to be owner finance. If it's if it's 120k and under, or at least an option to do owner finance because that falls within the threshold of the 10% down rule. That seems like that's most appealing to the owner finance individuals. If it's 120k to 200, you're going to look at the flip. You're also going to look at a wholesale if you can get in there and sell it quickly to a retail buyer. You're going to do that for about 30 to 45 days. And then if it doesn't work, your backup plan on a wholesale is a fix and flip. And if it is more higher end rehab, where it's $100,000 plus, or if it's a higher end product or house, 550K plus, you're going to look at co-wholesaling it along with if there's functionality problems. So thanks so much for walking us through this. Really, really hard-hitting stuff. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest-growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888 866 6727.